0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. It is Friday, which means we are hitting the road on our Locked On summer road trip. We're heading back to the home state today and a little bit of a diversion here. We're not going to do a Locked over, a locked On crossover with another Locked On show. We're doing it with Zach Pearson, right, from yes, Mile High, Bourbon, and Rye. He has his own podcast. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to do a lot of collaborations here with pairings and bourbons and Avalanche players, and Zach's history with the Avalanche. This is going to be all over the place. This is going to be a fun one. New episode of Locked On Avalanche starting right now.
1: Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
2: your team every day.
0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And like I said in the opening, Mr. Zach Pearson from Mile High. Bourbon and Rye is here with us. Uh, thank you for doing this. We had been going back and forth uh, with, with uh, direct messages and things like that for a couple weeks. And then this was the week that it just came together. Super excited that you're here. Uh gonna gonna do this episode
1: with us. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to be joining you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm been listening for a long time and huge Avalanche fan. So this is this is awesome yeah. for me.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get into all that stuff. But uh, you know, I threw your name out there, but but why don't you throw out what you do? Because you do you, we connected through Twitter and just like you're you know interacting through that, but then you started your own podcast. Not that long ago, right? It's, it's relatively new. I don't I don't know how often you do it, but uh what is what's I know it's obviously bourbon-based, but I've listened to it. You you incorporate sports and, and, and Colorado sports. So throw out there where people can find you and what it's all about.
1: Yeah. So I've been actually doing a kind of review blog on Colorado-based spirits and then also beers and wines for geez, almost eight years now, I believe. Um the podcast I did just start up this year in earnest, it, get an episode about once a month because I have a full-time job as well, which makes it a little more difficult to record yeah. <laughs> all the time. Um, but yeah, so I, the podcast is Colorado Craft Podcast, and kind of the idea is if it's craft in Colorado, whether it's beer, wine, spirits, whether it's photography, artwork, uh, sports, things like that, if it's, if it's Colorado-based, then I'm Very cool. interested in it. I want to talk about it, and I want to get names out there. So
2: awesome, awesome. Uh, go ahead, Kyle. If you got something. No, I, I find that fascinating. Do you do you go out there and look for that yourself? Is it like how do you hear about all of these the craft beers and like the art? And I love that you are paying it back to the the Colorado area and really highlighting because if you're not from around the Colorado area, you really don't think of like the craft beer and the art scene. Oh, it's booming there, man. Yeah, and that's yeah. and like to hear it being highlighted like that. Like how do you go about acquiring and finding these leads to follow these stories?
1: So a lot of it is uh social media is kind of how it started. I found a lot of different things off of there. Um the I guess it is kind of just going out and experiencing it. We'll pick somewhere new to go visit. Uh we did For instance, a couple weeks ago, we did the uh, release party for State 38's Colorado Day Bourbon, which is a a once-a-year release that they do special finish, specifically on August 1st for Colorado Day. And there was a couple of food trucks out front and everything like that. So I'll jot down names. I'll start learning those people. Um, What is it? Bear Creek Distillery does Mm -hmm. First Fridays. And so they've got art, local artists that come out. They do local uh, musicians and stuff. Actually, for my podcast, I found, uh, I reached out to a band called Roma Ransom. It's a duo out of Colorado Springs, I I believe. And uh, they were playing at Talnua Distillery's St. Patrick's Day Festival. Loved their music, started listening to them. And so reached out to them and said, hey, you're Colorado-based. It'd be perfect. Would you guys want to record something to throw on the intro of my show? And sure enough, we got it done. So perfect. it's just, yeah, going out, meeting people, talking to people. and That's cool. I love that. It's
0: like an all-inclusive, uh, it's like a one-stop shop for anything like Colorado based. That's awesome. Now I, I, cause what I was going to say was we can, I want to get to the, the bourbon and whiskey stuff a little bit later, but what I want to start with is obviously like avalanche stuff, right? So, um, what, what is your, your history with the abs? Um, you know, and we'll get into specifics in terms of like favorite players and things like that, but um, where, where does hockey rank for you? I know you're, you're a Colorado sports fan. Um, are, are, are the Broncos because they're the Broncos and it's the NFL, the all the all, you know, massive NFL or is is hockey because you're interactive a lot on, on social media with us and with, you know, just the Avalanche in general. So um, is hockey like a number one sport for you?
1: I, I would say hockey's probably number one. It's, ah, there we, go. there we go. Football is go is definitely got a, a you know deep ingrained yeah. in me for sure as it does. Yeah. And growing up, but I mean, I, I can't honestly say that I remember the Avalanche starting in Colorado because I was five. But okay, you know, so it, it was growing up with them. It's the whole era. I got to watch all those guys play. I still have vivid memories of the 2000-2001 Cup final with the songs on the radio, the the Devils came down to Denver and they were looking for a cup to steal. So (laughs) I still remember that one real well. I mean, it's all those things are just kind of ingrained growing up in it. Um, Football's a very close second, I would say. Then the rest of them is is more just I always root for Colorado teams, but I don't follow them quite as closely. I mean, was thrilled when the Nuggets won this year, but I I would not be able to claim myself as a longtime fan.
0: I'm with you on that one, yeah. NBA's just never done it for. Well, it did back in the 90s, like, when I was, like, a teenager. And, like, to me, that was, like, loved, like, some of those matchups. But as time has gone on, I don't know. Just uh, the the NBA has kind of lost its appeal to me. So it seems like we're kind of on the same, like, wavelength here with Avs are, you know, clear cut number one, and then Broncos are right there. And then, yeah, you root for the other teams, and if they do well – I have no problem admitting I'm a fair weather fan when, if, if uh, you know the Rockies are doing well and the Nuggets are doing well, but other than that, I really don't keep up with them. But at least, even though you're you were only five when the Avalanche moved moved to town, you could say I've been here for all of the championships.
2: Oh Nobody yeah, since can day them. one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, and I like that. Like, of course, the Avalanche are number one. As I mean, you're starting off right there. But you talked about being five when the Avalanche came to be like was that what was it like growing up around like the the golden era of the avalanche with the Sakic forsberg wa years like was it kind of just the buzz around everybody into the avalanche or was there just like a moment that secured you in your fandom for the avalanche so
1: i i would actually say some uh my stepfather's name is patrick and then i found out that Patrick Waugh's name is Patrick when I'm like, you know, I think I was probably seven is when I really remember this. And I was like, Hey, you have the same name. This guy has to be awesome. He's got to be the best. And so like from that moment on, I was before I even knew what goaltending was, I was like, he's the best goalie that ever was. And that kind of (laughs) just, I've always had that piece there because my seven year old brain was, Oh, well, they both are great if they have the same name. So clearly this guy has got to be a good goaltender.
0: (laughs) Just so happens, uh, you know, one of the best that ever was. So is it, well, let's let, I want to hear from, um, from you in terms of like who, you know, players, like you mentioned, Wah, um, and, and I want to get into kind of guys that you really kind of follow back then. And now we'll do that in a second. Uh, but first we're going to hear from FanDuel and FanDuel.com and football season. We mentioned the Broncos. It's right around the corner. And, oh, those poor Broncos. It seems like uh, the injury bug has leapt over to them. It really hasn't leapt over to it's It's stayed around. It never left. It's been with the Avalanche for a couple of years, and now it's, uh, it's infested the Denver Broncos as well before the season even starts. So here we go again with the Broncos. But right now over at FanDuel, you can bet on a Super Bowl winner, and you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So you pick any team you want to pick the Broncos, feel free uh, to win the Super Bowl. You get bonus bets for every victory, and you can use those bonus bets on the spread. Player props, over-unders. If more Bronco players are going to get injured, probably if you want to do that. And what, how are you feeling this year, Zach, for for the Broncos season, despite all the injuries?
1: I, I'm more optimistic than I was at the end of last season. Um, I do feel the couple of preseason games – the starters have shown some signs of life that I don't feel yeah. were quite there last year. And Javante Williams coming back. I yes. mean, at least that's a big recovery from the injury bug. So if Sean Payton can commit to running the football, well, Russell Wilson can, you know, figure out everything that's going on there and we can bounce back. I'm cautiously optimistic. I would say for this. Yes.
0: Season. Uh, I'm I'm it's the start of a new year. You always have those hopes so yep. anything is possible. We'll see where it goes. Uh, so visit, visit Fanduel.com slash locked on. Start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. Once again, it's Fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, Zach, uh, you mentioned Patrick. Why, uh, why don't we stay in that era? Are there other, I mean, he, is he your, your favorite of all time back then? Or are you still in, you know, in, in the Sackick and Forsberg camp? Um, maybe somebody like a Quaidemue or something like that. Like, who are you guys when you think when you when you think back to that era? Even though you were younger, you still gravitate towards players. Who who were they for you?
1: I, I mean, it definitely was Wa. I anytime we played pickup games, I've played roller hockey. Everything I've done, I play goaltender. So that definitely nice. just kind of stuck with me there. Um, so it probably is Wa. I was thrilled to be able to go see that uh, alumni game at Coors Field mm.
0: oh, you because went to that I never road. actually got
1: to go to a game while they were playing for real. So I only watched them on TV. So, you know, you know, the human highlight reel that was Sakic and Forsberg through that whole, through that whole era. I, you know, gravitate towards those same guys. I would say Hey Duke is another one that I really nice. that was a huge fan of. Um, I actually have his signature on a jersey. So oh, he's a, is. he's one I'm a big fan of as well. It's just, yeah, I don't think there's any like kind of off the regular path guys for me. Cause I was yeah. just probably a little too young to know. Right.
0: Right. The guys. Yeah. <laughs> None of like the UE croups of the, uh, the early the mid 90s. Valeri <laughs> um, Kaminsky,
1: yeah. I was going to say Kaminsky actually, but I didn't yeah. know him well enough. I know his name, but that's about it.
0: What did you go to? um Just the alumni game, or did you go to the actual game too? Uh, no, just the game? alumni game. Okay, all right, because that that was. I mean, people were. How is this going to go? I, I think you know, cooler heads were gonna, I don't think these. You know mid 50 year old guys are really going to start like uh, mixing it up or anything anymore. But it was, it was, that was a, a, a lot of fun to see. It was exciting too. And I think is that, that's the banner you have behind you. Is it not? Yeah, it sure is. Yes. Yep. Yes. yes. So and that must've been great. There, so.
1: that must the Landerskog jersey of course is covering the Red Wings logo because I don't need people seeing that. Oh my God.
0: I love it. I love it. <laughs> Very strategically placed. I love it. Um, but that game, the the actual game, not not the alumni game, the the actual game against Detroit, uh, that was on my birthday, and oh, nice. and and they blew it. They blew it. Yep. It was they, like, they, they gave up a goal. Like I think it was like less than a minute left when they gave up yep. a game tying goal and then lost in overtime. If my memory serves me
1: correctly, but that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I remember they won the alumni game and I was like that that bodes well for the next day and then it yeah. did not. <laughs>
0: They struggle with these outdoor games. It was They lost that one. Uh, the Air Force game traffic was a nightmare. Um, so, and then the Lake Tahoe game was obviously, you know, the ice was melting. So it's.
1: Yeah, that one was a problem. I yeah. actually got to go to the Air Force game as well. But oh. I lucked out because I went with a buddy of mine who ran track in high school at the Air Force Academy a lot. Okay. Because uh, we went to UCCS. So he knew what paths to take. So we skipped all the traffic. Oh, I didn't get stuck in any of it.
0: Oh man. Like
1: I was so you lucky. are
0: lucky. Because that that thing was like Woodstock, apparently. Yeah. Getting out of that. Yeah, that was terrible.
1: That was terrible. It was brutal from what I saw.
2: Yeah, and I I love that one of them getting to be there for that alumni game, not getting to really like you mentioned, like being like five and seven during like the heyday, and like you get to enjoy being there in that moment. That was I was living in Alabama at the time of that alumni game. That was the first game I actually pirated just to get, you know. uh, get a glimpse of that game because I had two small kids at the time. I wanted them to see Wa Sackick, yeah. and Forsberg. So it's it, it, I like that you – that was a big moment to you just to get to see them. And I think uh, I take that for granted a lot with these alumni games, kind of roll your eyes, but it means a lot to a lot of people.
1: Well, and like I said, because I never had the chance to go to uh, – Pepsi Center or McNichols Arena, growing up as you know, as a kid, seeing all those, I never got to go to those games. So seeing them play live, and then kind of to your point, Chris, the, there wasn't really that. There wasn't the bad blood during that game, mm-hmm. and at the end of the game, both teams, you know, they all yeah. got together, they took a picture on the and it was like you can just sit there and look at the amount of insane talent right? just combined. And you know, mm-hmm. everybody hates the Red Wings if you're an Avs fan from the '90s, but you you have to give them at least the tip of the cap for just how talented that team also was. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Kyle incriminated himself with the, uh, the piracy comment there, but (laughs) I think the statute of limitations is probably passed.
2: Yeah. We're almost like like a decade since that. uh, game. I think I'm fine. I think you're good. I think you're okay.
1: (laughs)
0: Uh, How often do you go now, Zach? Like, are are you a season ticket holder or anything or or do you go, I mean, how often during the season do you go?
1: We go probably six, seven games a year um sometimes more sometimes less i have a couple of friends that have season tickets and sometimes mm-hmm. they will you know oh, i can't go to this game would you like to buy them off sure. me for face value like yeah absolutely i will so we go to a handful of them i made sure that we made it to opening night last year that oh, was beautiful that was expensive but worth <laughs> it i mean <laughs> that one was just cool you get to see landis Gog out on the ice before he disappeared for the season yeah. you get uh um, Blanking on his name from Blink 182 out there leading the song for everybody is Hoppus. The,
2: I think Hoppus. Was it, was yeah. There, or, Hoppus? Yeah. 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 I think it was Hoppus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. De- Delong wasn't with them yet. No, that's right. No, not yeah. Yet.
1: They were just about ready to start touring and stuff. Yeah. But so even leads, had Jack you know, Johnson
0: the, out there in the, yeah. the the Blackhawks uniform with yeah. the guys, over that with was,
1: the Avs. Yep. Yeah. That was yeah. no, it was such a cool moment, and that was one you know kind of to to your point, Kyle. The uh, I had my daughter with me for that one. And so I was like, you know, this is one that I think she's gotta be able to experience something like this. It's, it was way cool to do.
0: Um, She's
1: got better abs experiences than I do. She's skated (laughs) with Hey Duke and John Michael Lyles. Yeah. She's played on then Pepsi centers ice. I mean, she's gotten the whole, the whole deal. So, i was gonna she's ask you just
0: i mean th- I, I was gonna go in that route of just you know favorite avalanche memories um mm-hmm. uh, this, i should we should get her on uh, the episode instead <laughs> like see what she's got but what w- what, whether you were there or not just you know stuff like you know that, that you've witnessed of the abs you know whether it's the cup victories or whatever they meet may, maybe just a random one that sticks out like man that was great like some goal or something like that but um what's kind of like your favorite avalanche memories
1: my all-time is probably going to be a little bit of a cop-out answer but it's hard to beat any moment than Joe Sackick handing the cup to Ray Bork yeah like Mm. even at 10 I was like I just knew that moment the like weight of that moment was ridiculous but uh you know apart from that super obvious answer man that the goal Kale McCarr against the Blackhawks Takes the puck behind the net, Uh, makes the the stop on the dime, blows up the guy's ankles, backhands it in, wins the game. Like, I, it it was just, it was such a ridiculous play. McCarr is just so, yeah, it's unreal to me. Because when Nathan McKinnon got drafted, I was all kinds of excited. He wins the Calder that year. Like, everything following him, I've been a huge McKinnon fan since day since the moment he got drafted. When we lost that draft draft lottery. And ended up picking four i was like man i can't believe after such a rough season we have to have the fourth pick and then kale mccarr is a name that i I wasn't familiar enough with and they're like no watch this guy in college so i started watching him playing at uh, boston and i'm like okay when he comes and plays with us this is going to be a huge deal and so we were watching the game at home it was uh my wife my daughter and I were watching the Calgary game that he started mm-hmm. or yeah, his first game with the abs and he comes out and I'm like, you, you guys, you got to watch this kid. Cause this is going to be, this is going to be unreal that he's going to do something amazing. Cause that's all that he's <laughs> done through college. And sure enough, you know, first shot scores a goal. They win that game. I was like, yep, this is, this is the start. This is a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And then when they won the cup watching, uh, Man, who had it that tripped on the ice and dented it right away? What, uh, was it Lekkinen? Uh, Abe Kubel. Kubel.
0: Yeah, it was that? Oh, Kubel. It was Abe Kubel. Kubel. Yep. Yeah.
1: And so we were, we were watching that. And my wife's met, like her jaw dropped because you watch him trip live on TV. She goes, <laughs> "Oh my god!" I'm like, "That was." I laughed. She was. Can you do that? Is that okay? <laughs> That's part of the charm
0: of the cup. It's been through worse, like you know. Don't a, worry, we're not going to the... be
2: cursed next year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no that, yeah. There
0: won't be a Stanley Cup injury curse following that, denting it within five minutes of owning it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah man. Like, and, and you mentioned a couple of players. Um, obviously, McCar is probably up there on your list right now for current players. Um, yep. Who else are you like in on, on this year's team?
1: Uh, So uh, yeah, like you said, Makar, big fan of Taze. I am a huge, huge fan of Georgiev actually. I thought that signing was fantastic. I thought he got, he had a really good opportunity in New York and would have clearly been their number one and then all of a sudden Shusterkin comes out of nowhere and outplays every other goaltender in the league. And so, thank you, Igor Shosturkin. Because without him, I don't think yeah. we pick up Georgiev. Actually, <clears throat> I know maybe, we don't. So
0: maybe we get Shosturkin instead, and then well, get, <laughs> <laughs> and and then we have you know an all world going, Hey, but you never know. What, what do you think for this year's team? You think uh, there's? I mean, you see a lot of and even on Fanduel. I think they've dropped a little bit on Fanduel, but they're still at the top. They're still like one, two, or three in terms of favorites. Um, uh, they they have a good team, but I think there's some Avalanche fans who who don't like the fact that they, they didn't make bigger moves. And Kyle and I talked a ton in this offseason. You you probably listened. Like we yeah. like the moves that they made, yeah. Um, but the, the, we we were expecting kind of moves, not maybe not those guys specifically, but the moves that they made. They don't they they have their their core guys. They have their big names. They just got to go plugging holes, and do you feel like they did that? Are We talked about the Broncos, and now he, 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 cautiously optimistic with the Broncos. What's your feeling with the Avalanche? Do you feel like this is a team that can, can make a, a good run at it again? Maybe not head and shoulders above everybody else, but definitely one of the top teams, if not in the league, definitely in the Western Conference.
1: I definitely still think top in the league. Um, I think you're going to have – it's such a detriment to not have Landeskog on the ice for an entire season again. Definitely that on its own just knocks a lot back, but I really like the, uh, what the Colton signing I liked the actually, I'm pretty happy with the Johansson pickup. Um, yep. I think he's going to do well. I think he's got a good outside shot. I think what they did is they went out and got a lot of guys with a high floor, and not necessarily went for, you know, oh, here's the super high ceiling we're going for. They went with the, you're not going to go below this level. We know we're going to get at least this out of you every game. And I think that's kind of what they needed. I don't think anybody's going to step in and totally fill the Landis Cog shoes. Nobody's going to fill the Kadri shoes. Those were big ones that got left empty Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. he left. But, I mean, I'm very... I think they have a good shot at making it at least to the Western Conference final if not the Stanley Cup final assuming that the players that are still healthy now remain healthy when they get there
2: big assumption yeah, but, yep. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a great point about the the floor and just putting pieces together like i that's a really good point that you bring up there they know that where even on their worst night where they'll be and that's still an addition to the roster so that's yep. a great point yeah yeah so
0: Let's jump into some uh, some bourbon talk and some some wh- whatever we got bourbon whiskey. I mean, what what got you into this first of all? I like, I always I always find it interesting how people you know uh, gravitate towards one style of of you know spirit, right? And because in the beginning, like nobody nobody's gonna try bourbon for the first time and be like, that tastes great. <laughs> like, right? Most like no. alcohol is like acquired tastes, right? You know, even, even with like your watered down, you know, Bud Lights and Bud White, like the first time anybody tries that, it's like, oh, this is disgusting. But yeah, you it's cool. keep, it's, you know, it's like broccoli. You try it for like 10 times and wow, this stuff's actually pretty good. Um, actually, yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did it start for you? Uh, just getting in because bourbon seems to be your thing. Um, what was it? What got you into it? Who got you into it? What's your history with that?
1: Uh, So I actually, before I I jumped careers post-COVID, I spent 11 years working for a big liquor store in Colorado. And Mm. I did basically everything around the store, became general manager by the end of the career, you know, ran everything in it. And so you kind of start to get to experiment with a heck of a lot more stuff as that goes on. So uh, I actually remember the big kind of push into whiskey being what i wanted to do is at the time a little essentially no name again at the time because they're a big name now company comes in uh laws whiskey house and they say Mm -hmm. we're you know we're doing this it was one of the uh, former distillers at stranahan's broke off he decided to do his own distillery and he poured this and it was it was actually, I was kind of getting into the whiskeys and the age spirits and everything at that point anyway. And this is actually a big reason why I did the Colorado specific is I took a sip of it and it was, it was young. It was very young when we tried it, but there was so much, so much going on. There was a lot more depth than other young whiskeys that I had. There was a lot more. It's like, I know that this guy's really putting his time and effort into it. And so mm-hmm. I went down, I did the tour at the distillery. I talked to the guys. I started, you know, really interacting with them. And the more you learn about the process and how much these guys really put into it, it's it's amazing. And so it just sort of, I guess, spiraled from there.
0: Really? And what's your, uh, you know, because like I said, we'll get to like these these fun pairings that we're going to do in a second. But you always hear of like food pairings with like mm-hmm. wine or even even beer and stuff like that. I mean, you can do that with bourbons, but I want to ask you, like, what what's your do you have like a, a game day ritual? Like, do you with every like avalanche game you watch? Do you have do you have a glass of something with you while you're watching a game, or depends so, on who they're playing? Like, I'm fascinated with this stuff. So, what what's your rituals here?
1: Uh, it has to be a Colorado. No matter what it is, it's got to be made in Colorado. So, okay. I. I don't necessarily stick whiskey. Sometimes it'll be wine. Sometimes it'll be beer. Um, and then I grabbed when they started the, uh, the, the Stanley cup run against the predators. Actually I'd won a ticket to that first game that they just blew the predators out of the water. Okay. And at ball arena, I went up and I got a Breckenridge avalanche because they just had the cans right there. Yep. And I was like, you know what? This sounds great. I don't want like a Coors light today. I want something a little bit more. And then they blew them out of the water. And I was like, okay, Sticking with Avalanche for the rest of this run, so, <laughs> <laughs> had Breck Avalanche for every game all the way through that run, and it only it only missed four games. So you know,
0: I so you'll that do that. Weird. So so you yeah. will stick with something if if you know you 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 pick a, a beverage or a type of you know a style, um, yep. and they do well. I, I got to stick with that. Like you don't change yep. it up.
1: No, really. and it's always got to be Colorado. I do the same thing for yeah. the Broncos too. It's like you know if they're I'm watching my teams play. I'm gonna have something from my state to to enjoy with it.
0: I love it. Yeah, I love that's it. Great. I love it. Um, so with that, um, <laughs> I want to get into we're, what we're gonna do is we're gonna throw out a, a handful of players here, and uh, you're gonna pair them. You're you're gonna you're gonna throw out what? These are all bourbons, right? Uh, well, no, well, I gotta, it's
1: you, kind of a mix of whiskeys. They're all whiskeys, they're not okay. all bourbons. Yep.
0: Okay. And what is your favorite? Do you, do you I mean, overall, what's, what's your favorite? So like, do you like Kentucky bourbons or like Irish whiskeys or scotches? Like, I, I know you're the Colorado man and you like that stuff, but I, even like Japanese whiskeys I'm hearing are like this, like big uh, Japanese are a blast.
1: Yeah. They're so much fun. Um,
0: do you have a favorite style? I should ask.
1: I would say it probably is going to be bourbon style is my favorite style of whiskey. I am a huge fan of the Irish style as well, and mm-hmm. which is awesome because one of the first ever, I think they might actually be the first non-Ireland single pot still whiskey, so it's made entirely in that style, opened up in Arvada, and that's Talnua distilling.
2: Really? And so,
1: like, it takes one of my favorite styles, it's made exclusively in Colorado, purely in that style and they do a phenomenal job. So I'd say it's, it's kind of a close between those two.
0: And what, why don't you educate everybody, myself included, uh, quickly, like biggest difference between bourbon and whiskey.
1: So it really comes down to the grains that you use, how you're aging them are kind of the two biggest things. So whiskey in general is just fermented grain. And then typically it's aged in oak or Throwing some form of wood barrels. Yep. Right. Okay. For bourbon, it follows a lot more kind of strict set of rules. It has to be distilled from a, or it has to be fermented from a grain that is at least 51% corn. It can't be any less than that for corn. Then you can have other grains in there to add different flavors to it. Um, it has to be distilled to a certain proof, which I'm not remembering exactly what that is at the moment before it gets put mm-hmm. into the barrel. Has to be put into fresh oak barrels that are charged. So it can never age another spirit or anything else before you put the bourbon in. It. it has to be the first thing that goes into the barrel. Then it actually can be called bourbon as soon as it hits the barrel. You can technically call it bourbon. Most of them go for two years, and that's where you get the straight bourbon label is allowed yeah. to be called at that point. Then once it comes out, um, you can't add any colors, you can't add any flavors. It has to be the only thing you can possibly do is cut it with water down to whatever proof it is that you'd like it to be at. And that's kind of wow. the basic for um, for bourbon. So then Irish whiskey, for instance, the oh, and it has to come from the U.S. It doesn't have to be Kentucky, but bourbon does have to come from the U.S. Right. Irish whiskey obviously has to come from Ireland. Scottish yep. whiskey has to come from Scotland. Although yep. if you go to Scotland, you don't call it Scotch. You just I, say whiskey.
0: I did yep. know <laughs> that. Yes, I knew that. Yep. Okay.
1: Um, um, but Irish is typically... Uh, actually, their kind of style is on a single pot still. They'll do it with a mix between malted and unmalted grain. So you have barley, fifty percent of it's malted, fifty percent of it's unmalted, and that's actually to get around some old tax laws from the UK, as they were <laughs> telling them what they could pay or couldn't pay. So, oh my god, kind of a neat that's little awesome. fact.
0: So, so basically, like whiskey is is just like how like the arizona coyotes do business it's just very simple like it doesn't matter and bourbon right. and, bur- and bourbon is like the avalanche bourbon it, like they, they take their time and, and they're me-
1: methodical and meticulous a little bit way. more methodical to it yeah. yep love it all right
0: I, but i just summed up uh how whiskey <laughs> and bourbon are made in hockey terms love it love it um and we're gonna do that now and like i said we're gonna do these pairings so i'm gonna we're gonna throw players out at you and then you're going to come back with the bourbon or whiskey that best fits that player. Cool. All right. Sounds great. We'll start with, with Nathan McKinnon. Uh, we talked about him earlier. He's a favorite of yours. One of the superstars on the team, one of the superstars in the league. Who's he pair up with? What's his, what's his, what's his drink?
1: So I I definitely put some thought into a lot of the players before this happened. So I was, I was, hopefully prepared for any name that you can throw at me. Uh, For Nathan McKinnon, I chose Old Elk Distilling out of uh, Fort Collins. Specifically, I chose their single barrel barrel strength weeded bourbon. Now, number of reasons for this. A lot of people really love weeded bourbons. It's kind of a a hugely sought after style. And there's typically sort of a clear cut number one selection in the weeded bourbon world. And that's Weller. Um, It's very sought after. it's hard to get a hold of. In my opinion, I would put the old elk single barrel weeded barrel strength up against the Weller Fullproof. I think it's literally just as good. I think it's got just as much complexity, just as much depth. Uh, and I think it does everything exactly right, much in the same way that I'd put Nathan McKinnon up against a Connor McDavid for the best in the league. Oh, I love it. Oh, keep going. So yeah. Then. I also would say it has a lot of very great qualities. It's very, uh, well put together. It's honestly, it even kind of has a sort of like classy and gentlemanly feel, but it is also a barrel strength. So it'll win the lady bing, but if you're not careful, it'll throw its helmet at you as well.
0: Mm. (laughs) This is brilliant. Oh, that is fantastic. Um, and what is that? Like, I'm looking at like like 60 ish, 70 ish a bottle. Or am I looking yeah, at? Yeah, right about, around like, that point. Right yeah. Okay. All right. Not, not that the price matters, but uh, that's a brilliant description. Oh, that's that's <laughs> perfect.
2: Right, what do you got, Kyle? Why don't you lay on me something that pairs well as for Kale McCarr? Yeah. For
1: Kale McCarr. All right. See, I had a really good one for this one, and I was hoping you'd do this because I actually have the bottle for this one, too. All right. So this one, I went Distillery 291, and I'll flip around to show the front label in a moment. So Distillery 291 in kind of general terms is still relatively new to the distilling scene. They're still, you know, in relative terms, brand new, much like Kale McCarr. Also like Kale McCarr. They win a ridiculous amount of awards and medals. They're constantly taking home first prize at different World Whiskies Awards, San Francisco World Spirits Comp, all of these things. Uh, this particular one that I chose is extremely complex. There's a lot of depth to it. It's also very high proof, high octane, so you know it it goes quick, it goes fast, but it gives you all of that subtlety that if you you know just take a sip and you're not really paying attention you'll totally miss all the little stuff that it does well underneath. And then I'll flip the label finally, because much in the same way that Seattle Ooh. labeled Kale McCarr, it has the bad guy label on it as well.
0: <laughs> oh man. So you're nailing these, man. This is great. Uh, and I'm looking that one up too. That That's about a hundred dollar bottle, right?
1: Yeah, that one is definitely okay. a little bit more expensive. The bad guy, like I said, it's high proof. The other cool thing with 291, all of their stuff is aged with aspen staves, so it gives mm. it an even more Colorado flavor, and okay. hopefully, Kale McCarr's Colorado forever. So
0: yes, right. Uh, and, <laughs> and and you know, you said earlier about when comparing like whiskeys and bourbons, like like the water plays a key, and that's got to be something you know coming from Colorado. You know, the, the Coors Light pushes that all the time. They're water, uh, yep. you know, so that that it probably gives Colorado bourbons and whiskeys maybe a little bit distinct
1: taste. I do think the Rocky Mountain water does play a part, even if it's like because you know at this point you can filter everything down to however you'd like the water to be. Yeah. But there's that that knowledge of where it comes from. I think even <clears throat> just through your own power, of your brain adds to the flavor.
0: All right. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's so good. Bad guy. That's so good. Um, all right, let's go back a little bit. We mentioned him as well a little bit earlier. Uh, Ray Bork. I figured let, let's throw Bork out there. Uh, I just feel like Bork's bourbon or it has a good like, you know, uh, rolls off the tongue. but yeah, he's also just that guy that you know when anytime the Stanley Cup finals come around and they're doing a montage, he's there. Uh, it's just one of those classic guys, so I figured Ray Bork would be a nice one to get a, a, a pairing with.
1: So, I'm actually going Irish style for this one and I'm pulling oh. the Talnua. And so, here's some of the reasons: A, the Talnua one that I chose is called their Heritage Select. Uh, not the least of which are the reasons for this is half of it is distilled here in Colorado, the other half of this blend is made in Ireland. They hand select what they want and then bring it in. So wow. they went out. They already have a great product, and then they're like, "What can we add to this to just push it over the top? What can we do to really give this that next?" So they brought in from external,
0: I see much what in the you're same way this. Ray
1: Bort comes in <laughs> and helps the Avs get over the top to win the cup. Oh man! Um, again, lots of great things done. There's a lot of great notes to it. It's not as high proof as the other two, um, not quite as high octane, but it, you know. It does everything exactly the way that you want it to be for an Irish whiskey. It is phenomenal, and I thought that was a perfect kind of pair for Ray Bork.
0: So they can call that Irish whiskey, though, even though not all of it is made
1: over there? No, they call it their Heritage Select, so it's blended Ah. with an Irish whiskey gotcha, or an Irish distillate. But, yep, it's not labeled Irish whiskey. It's Irish style, and Tal big thing is, you know, it's uh, distinctly American, but also irish
0: and and i mean I, I love how you're you know pulling from you know the Irish and 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 where did ray bork play boston boston yep. big <laughs> irish uh community over there like nailed it oh that's so yeah. good all right and that one <laughs> is because I reason i'm bringing up prices i just want to see how much in total this would be if everybody bought this thing. <laughs> Uh, See if we can stick
1: under the salary cap.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Was that about a $50 bottle?
1: Yeah, I think it's somewhere okay. right in that range. All right.
0: Okay.
2: So we're sitting at about $240. we are right, right around there. Yep. Keep it going, guy. How about the face that runs the place? As long as the logo's been around, this man has been around. Super Joe, Joe Sackett.
1: Perfect. Another one that I actually did go ahead and I have the bottle here and I was mm-hmm. ready for it. So for Joe Sackett, Joe Sackick is the original Avalanche. Like, that is the uh, OG face for the Avalanche logo. The original distillery in Colorado, Stranahan's Whiskey. It's the original. So, very first distillery to open up in the state. <clears throat> They've been doing it the longest. This particular bottle is the uh, Mountain Angel. It mm-hmm. is a 10 year aged uh, single malt whiskey. So, single malt being kind of that Scottish style, but there's no peat or smoke to it. You're going to get a lot of kind of roasted, malty notes, a little bit of chocolate kind of to it and everything like that. It's very sweet. reason I chose the Mountain Angel is this might actually – it has a strong argument for my favorite whiskey of all time, much in the same way that Joe Sackick has a solid argument for my favorite player of all time. There you go. It does everything great, and Joe has continued to elevate as he is aged, much in the same way that the 10-Year Stranahan's has. Their product has been consistently good, And as it's gotten older, they just keep showing that they've got more and more to them. Mm. Fits perfectly.
0: Mm. Brilliant. That's, yeah, that's a perfect match right there. Um, I'm looking at, that one's up there, man. That that could be the most expensive bottle. That's about 120 or so.
1: And it's not really easily available. (laughs) It's a difficult one to find. Is it really? Which fits? Because you're not going to find a lot of Joe Sackick's in
0: (sighs) Mm. Zinger. Perfect (laughs) crushing these men. All right. We got a couple more. Uh, We got to go behind the bench. And I mean, if, if you, if you were to tell me that like, who do you think is, is a bourbon drinker or whiskey drinker on the avalanche? I'd probably not pick a player on the ice and pick the guy on the bench and Jared Bednar. I just feel the guy look like the guy. And even during the parade, like he's got the cigar in his hand. He just seems (laughs) to me like this this calm, cool, he is calm, cool, collected cat. 100%. And, and he just, bourbon just, I, I can only imagine, he's probably has like a, a, a bourbon cellar uh, that, oh, is, I, that I probably rivals
1: anything. Fully believe that he does. Um, yeah. So he's one I put some thought into as well because um, he's the coach that I, I definitely know the most for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: we're going with Law's Whiskey House for that one. The okay. very first reason that I chose Laws whiskey is you can see their packaging is a lot different. They got that that square bottle. It's very, it's very neat. It's very put together. It is the suit behind the bench. It is exactly that. It is an extremely attractive product. When you're walking down a liquor store aisle, you see that it stands out against everything else. There's no question. You're like, all right, I, I see this bottle. It stands out right there. I did the cognac finished is the one that I chose, which is a limited release from them. It's The reason I did that is because it's very clearly very well put together. The cognac adds kind of a layer of sophistication and Laws has printed on the wall at their distillery, there are no shortcuts. And I thought mm. their approach mm. is exactly how I would expect Jared Bednar to, I'd expect him to say that in the locker room if he hasn't already. Right. So I thought that was kind of the, the perfect <clears throat> piece there. The cognac adds a little bit of sweetness. It adds some great notes. The the little bit of sweetness, too, actually, in my opinion, makes it pair a lot better with a cigar. So it's a perfect drink to have that victory cigar after a Stanley Cup championship. Sip on that at the same time. Wow. You're going to have a wonderful evening.
0: So that's like all in- encompassing, like the from the bottle, like the bottle looks good. And Jared Bednar, uh, you know, he, when he's behind that, he he got some of the nice nicest suits in the league, right? Okay, so well, that, that man
1: is well put together. He
0: is right, like so. From from the bottle standpoint, uh, and even it being a square, some people think would, that Jared Bednar maybe he's a square. He's very
1: <laughs> it matches his
0: jawline.
1: <laughs> it does that, right? Uh, well, you know, he's he's not exciting. What was it that they called him? Uh, like before the Stanley Cup run? Yeah, the Kendall. A Kendall. It's just yeah. Yep.
0: But, but even, like, the, the the product itself or the, or the company itself, what did you say, no shortcuts or something like that? There are so, no shortcuts, yep. Man, that's, that's uh, perfect. Perfect, man. These are great. All right, we got one more, and this is going to be kind
2: of all – this one here is all-encompassing. What do you got, Kyle? Yeah, this one we've talked about all these pairings. They all have to do with the Avalanche. What would you pair – that matches with the current state of the Colorado avalanche as a whole, like the team, this team,
1: there's only one answer that I could think of that was correct for this. So when the avalanche won the cup, the end of the 20, uh, the end of the 22 season, they come back to Colorado. They're looking for a place to have their little victory party. They're calling around all the bars. Colorado went nuts for that championship. All the bars are sold out. There's nowhere they can host this entire team. And have enough drinks for them. So they reach out to Mile High Spirits downtown. Mile High Spirits Distillery. I mean, you're a distillery. You have plenty of drinks on hand for sure. Mm. So they reach out. They decide that they're going to have their party there. They show up. Whole place is just rocking from what I heard. It closed off to the public, obviously, but just an absolute blast of a party. While they're there, a bunch of the players get together and they've selected a barrel. Mile High Spirits bottled that barrel for them, gave them all the bottles, and then
0: and you got one,
1: ended up releasing the champion wow. select, and we'll kind of move that closer.
0: Oh, it's got the the champions up. Yep. It's got this right here. Oh man. Uh, so not
1: only is it made in Denver, right where the champions play, it's bottled at 52.8% alcohol or 5280 point eight zero. You got the mile high proof on it. It's five years old. It's, I mean, I had to go with it because there's no better choice for the no longer reigning Stanley Cup champions, but still that core is the, you know, that's the Stanley Cup core. Got to choose the bottle that they themselves selected.
0: Wow. And I want to point out, like the other bottles that you have on hand, you you picked up from your, your side that one yeah you turned around and i think yep. that one is on display that one's not going anywhere that that that, no. is, that is never going to get opened i feel
1: no i so i actually have two and i did okay. i haven't tried it yet and i still haven't tried it i did open one and i poured myself there a little it bit because i was like you know I, i'm yeah. gonna have to give this a shot so
0: oh so this, this yeah, is it like this is, fir- this is a first this tasting? is a first
1: tasting first sip that I okay. had. I, I had the chance to have it at the distillery when they released it, and I yeah. tried the other ones that they released that day. I didn't try this one, so we're
0: yep. okay. gonna see
1: like, do the Avs taste match my taste? And I have a feeling it will, because Mile High <laughs> Spirits honestly can do no wrong.
0: Yeah, I and and I do want to point out that is in a uh, Mile High Bourbon and Rye Rocks glass, which you can purchase on uh, his website.
1: Yep, MileHighBourbon.com/shop. Yeah. We've got these, and we'll be expanding. Uh, inventory here soon what are you thinking that is man mile high proof is yeah. mile high spirits nailed it with that it is yeah. excellent 5280 is a perfect spot that's awesome. still a little bit of heat it is caramely it is sweet it is vanilla and brown sugar oh mm.
0: this is a first this is a first, uh, um, uh, probably on the entire network of uh, someone, <laughs> someone sampling a championship bourbon uh, for the first time. That, oh, that man. Is, sounds like that it's comprised wonderful. of all the small things.
1: <laughs> it, it is indeed.
0: Oh, that is great. That's fantastic, man. Um, and I want to like, so the, the law, I didn't say the price of the laws one for Bednar. That's like the 80 range, I think.
1: Yeah, I yep. think, yes, 79-ish. And then, and then
0: that one, I can't look at don't. I can't find it anywhere. I don't know if that's even up on... It was,
1: I believe it was 60 when I bought it at the distillery, but they okay. don't... It was in distillery only, and it was gone that night.
0: So, I mean, we're, we're, I, I lost track of the count. 460. I don't know you, around 460, <laughs> yeah. So, so with tax, you're probably around, like, 500
1: probably Around the 500, 500 all right. 510,
0: all right. yep. So uh,
2: 520... 80, five Just make it out to five thousand two hundred eighty. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just write the check. That's your <laughs> yeah. tip. You're welcome. That, that's the five hundred
1: twenty-eight dollars like, and zero cents. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: Or if you want to do the five thousand, basically the cost of a, a pappy Van Winkle, basically. If you want to do it.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, man. That's brilliant. Th- those were <laughs> those were genius. Like you nailed it. Like it, it wasn't just like oh, it's this one because of this. The the Bork one is is, is like <laughs> giving me chills right now. I absolutely love that that comparison between that two. Those, those are fantastic.
2: Yeah, standing O, stick taps, bud. Absolutely, <laughs> uh,
0: much. And we are going to have to do this again. We'll we'll, we'll have you back on at, at some point, and we'll throw oh, yeah. out some other players. And uh, yeah, that was fun. That was cool. So, all right, man. Uh, definitely appreciate you uh, coming on and doing this. Why don't you throw out one more time where people can, can follow you or find you on, on social media and uh, in the podcast world as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Just search for Mile High Bourbon and Rye. Uh, you can follow the page on social media. We've got Twix or Twitter X. We've got Instagram. <laughs> We've got uh, Facebook, all of those. Just search Mile High Bourbon. We're at Mile High Bourbon on most of them um check out the website milehighbourbon.com we do reviews we do events on there um we're I'm getting some stuff set up which I, i'm not i don't want to talk about it because i don't want to like jinx myself out of being able to do it but i'm really yeah. excited for some things that are that should be coming down the pipeline in the not too distant future love it so love it search mile high bourbon and rye everywhere you go and if you find yourself at Mile High Spirits by accident, just enjoy yourself because yeah. you'll, you'll like
0: it. <laughs> awesome. uh, Yeah, man. Appreciate it uh, immensely for coming on and doing this. This was uh, it, it different, but off-season we get to do some kind of fun, different things. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, man. We're about a month away from this month plus, well, a month from preseason. So, we're mm-hmm. right around the corner. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, get your bourbons ready for, for another Avalanche season. So, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. For Zach from Mile High Bourbon and Rye, we got Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I'm Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your bourbons and whiskeys and all that other fun stuff. We'll see you guys on Monday.
1: Go, abs, Go, abs, go.